0: Good morning, 12 Broken Podcast. West Coast Wiley here. Maisie's in tow. She is chilling. Just had a puppuccino. For those of you who don't know, that's free whipped cream from Starbucks. There. There's your hack of the day. You have Thanksgiving dinner coming up in maybe a week and a half. Go get a puppuccino or even like two days. Just go to a bunch of Starbucks. Cost you 30 bucks in gas, but you'll get free whipped cream. So there you go. There's your hack of the day. That's it. That's the podcast. I'm kidding. Okay. What I want to chat about today is something I see, man, over and over and over again. And it's just how we've been conditioned as human beings, as entrepreneurs, business owners, husbands, wives, parents, we overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate so many things. And luckily I've made it one of my missions in life is to just pull back and look for a simple version a simple way to do things that gets rid of a lot of the clutter and just for me visually mentally like I have like a clear understanding of where I need to go so I'm just going to give you a couple examples and we'll loop this back into your mortgage business I've probably looked at over 200 mortgage agents um, pre-approval process approval process. Uh, Client journey. And man, there's so many of them are just so complicated. We're doing three, four steps to accomplish one thing. And granted, those three, four things might be awesome. They might sound great and that, but they come with strings attached to them. People have to operate them. Staff have to. You have to. It becomes mentally exhausting. Stuff breaks. You have to come in and fix it. So as an example, so for me, I'm just going to give you a couple like life examples and then bring that back into, so you kind of get where I'm going with this, that there's always a simple way. And I I have a saying, which is not my saying, but I love it, is simple scales, fancy fails. So the fancier you get on things, it's just much harder to grow that business, right? Most of our businesses should really only have three, four things we focus on, but a lot of us have 10, 12. Um, And so waking up in the morning, what's the most efficient, most productive morning routine? Right. For me, you know, I define, well, the, the quicker I can get to work, meaning the, the quicker I can, the most, how productive I am is determined by how much shit I get done in an hour. Right. And how quickly I can get to doing that stuff makes me that much more productive and efficient. So for me, the morning routine, well, I always look at it and I flip it. This is something else I've learned and, and it's worked very well, this framework and a lot of things I do is I flip and I go, well, what would the most complicated thing be, right? So the morning routine and my whole goal with the morning routine is to get into my work day and to have a very productive work day. And so what's the most unproductive morning routine, most inefficient morning routine? Well, it would be not getting to work as quickly. So it would be doing my, and I'm not saying this is not a slight on any of your routines. I'm just giving you an example for me in my world when I flip it and I go, it's, it's just add a bunch of stuff. So if I was to add a bunch of stuff, what would I add? Well, I'd add, well, I need a coffee. Otherwise, I can't work, which in my opinion, that's a crutch, right? You, you can enjoy the coffee, but just don't say out loud, I need a coffee to go to work. Because then what if one day you don't get the coffee? Mentally, you're like, oh, man, I'm not going to be as productive today because I didn't have my coffee. When in all right, that's not the case. So you'd get a coffee. You would maybe, some people do stretches. Some people do gratitude journals. Some people do yoga. Some people do X, Y, Z, and they do this, this, this. And a lot of times... It's just other things to do before you actually get to the stuff that matters, the stuff that gets shit done. And so for me, if I'm looking at the simplest way of a morning routine, the most productive, I flip it, I go, what's the least productive? And it is just layering on a bunch of stuff. So then the reverse is the simplest, take all that away. Wake up, get to work. Literally, wake up, go to work, start working. And what you're doing in that hour, two hour, three hour, that's another question. And so I have no meetings there in my mortgage business. I didn't have a meeting till noon because I have the meetings. A lot of times those meetings, they're not that productive. And it keeps me away from doing the things I need to do within those hours to be extremely productive CEO level tasks. So anyways, that's a simple version of a morning routine for me is wake up, get to work. Not don't overcomplicate. I don't need all these things. I don't need to make my bed and I don't need to do this. And I don't need to have a shower and I don't need to do this. That's nice, but I'm like, for me, I was just looking for the quickest way to get stuff done. So by the time 9, 10, 11 rolls around, no meetings, noon rolls around, I wake up early and I get to work. I've got six, seven hours of crazy productive work. Most people are just approaching lunch, right? So if I was to look at, uh example, of the most, uh, most efficient, most productive, efficient, let's call it efficient, an effective pre-approval process, right? I don't believe we have one process. I believe we have an approval and a pre-approval because a lot of times there's a lag in the middle. So before we get to me explaining that, this podcast is brought to you by Americano and uh, it's two sips. It's in the contract. Okay. Back at it. So I believe you should have like a pre-approval process where we don't know if people are gonna work with us yet. We don't know if there's money to be made. We don't know if we can work with them. We don't know when they're gonna buy. We don't know a lot of unknowns versus an approval process is we have like a deal, a live deal ready to go. Okay, they're two separate processes. One, you spend a lot more time and energy handholding in because there's money. There's like thousands of dollars sitting there. The other one, we're not sure yet. So if I was to create the most efficient and effective pre-approval process, I first flip that and go, what would be the most inefficient, most unaffected? Well, if someone reached out to me through Facebook Messenger, I'd send them Facebook Messenger. Hey, what's going on? What do you need? Someone text me, I'd say, hey, the same thing. If someone called me, I'd pick up the phone have a call on the spot. If somebody emailed me, I'd have an email to them there. If somebody left me a voicemail, I'd listen to the voicemail, I'd call them back and maybe leave them a voicemail. And so right away, I would add up all this communication style based on how they come into my world all in different areas that would remember I'm, I'm explaining the opposite of what I would do. Right. And then I would jump on a a long call. Um, I would shoot the shit about a lot of stuff that doesn't matter. Um, I wouldn't ask them for a commitment. I wouldn't ask who they've worked with, who they bank with. I'd potentially even just ask for docs up front and put a lot of stress on my team and my infrastructure without knowing if it's someone I even want to work with. Right? I would explain to them as soon as I could in the process the entire home buying journey. I'd walk them through it because I'm so proud of it. And I'd hit them with so much information. And i try to educate them on the phone. And I would see where I'm going. And then when I emailed them their pre-approval... Man, I'd have an email, a pre-approval letter attached. I'd type out this long email of, you know, their expenses and what's going on in there. Uh, and then I'd say, hey, let's step on it. Let's jump on a strategy call. And I'd jump on another call. And we'd go over the pre-approval. And then I'd send them on their way shopping to maybe, maybe buy a home with me. Right? So <laughs> I'm just giving you, that's the opposite. So there might be some things in there you're doing, which is okay. I'm telling you how my brain works. So then for me, I strip all that away right? You can only communicate with us one way. You might reach out to us one way, but then we come back and we go, Hey, what's an email address? You call us. We don't pick up the phone. goes to voicemail. goes to text. We read the text. We text you back. Send us your email address. You send us Facebook messenger. We go, what's your email address? You see me on the street. What's your email address? You email me. Perfect. That's where I want you. I want to funnel you in one way. Now all my clients go on one journey. And they come in the front door that way into the club, right? We have this is a club we're running. That's what for this call. It's a club, so you come in. Um, and now I get to treat you all the same, and I get to wow you with my first impression email, and then come into my journey my way, right? So that's for me an example. I'm giving you like small little tidbits here. So that's an example for me. If I was going to run a Facebook ad campaign, and it was for first-time home buyers, well, I'd be like, hey, first-time home buyer, running a webinar come to this webinar. Um, I'm going to educate you on buying a home, right? That's kind of the like not simple way. It's not really dialed in way. It's kind of complicated. Like who's coming to that? Uh, you're showing up, you're spending your time, the uncomplicated way of doing it. The simple version of that is run a Facebook ad campaign, you know, that's dialed into an avatar. So it would be, uh, six rookie mistakes, most teachers make when buying a home. An avatar I want to work with when buying a home. And then push them to a 25-minute recorded webinar about that. And then at the beginning of the webinar, I go, who is this webinar for? And outline the people you want it for. You're fully employed. You've got a down payment. You are deciding when to jump in the market, but you don't know your numbers. You don't have your dream team, like whatever. So you already... People are coming through, and then I'd retarget. Anyone who clicks the ad, I'd retarget them through Facebook for pennies on the dollar. So right now, teachers are clicking on the ad. I'm going to retarget them for pennies on the dollar. And I'm pushing them to a webinar that I've made once to know if to do again, and it pumps out book phone calls. That, to me, is a simple model. I make one webinar, Facebook ad campaign. Only teachers are going to come in and retarget them. And then push everyone's email address into my database. That's a simple version. It might not sound simple to you. you. might be like, right, that sounds the opposite of simple. I'm telling you, it's a lot more energy if we're talking about Facebook ads to run the generic stuff out there and keep having show up live and right, all the time and hours invested in that versus pushing someone through. And the only people who's come through are typically teachers who've got a down payment and they've sat through a half-hour webinar. That's pretty high level of quality. Uh, call quality you're getting on those book calls right into your calendar you're not lifting a finger right so that's kind of an example if i was going to go and approach realtors um, and find realtors what would i do if i wanted if i want referral partners well the most inefficient way would be to go out to um open houses walk in there a lot of time spent doing that, a lot of time spent doing the open houses. Uh, go to networking events, right? A lot of time spent out there, going and shaking hands and kissing babies and then following like there's just putting yourself out there is great, but putting yourself out there where all you're doing is you know you're, you're just out like hours and hours and hours of getting dressed and commuting and parking. And to these live events, instead, I'd make a realtor list. I've mentioned this on other podcasts. I'd make a, 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 a list. Uh, I'd hack someone's relationship. I'd go into a Facebook group. i go, what realtor would you use and why? And then you build a spreadsheet. And then you use that spreadsheet to call those realtors. And you're pushing them f- towards some sort of presentation you're going to do online with them for 10, 15 minutes. Where you're not leaving your house. Right? Because it's still a first date. And you don't want to go spend all that time and energy. And you got this list when you called them, hey, Tom, I'm Ryan, I'm a mortgage broker in the area. I was, I was trying to find a good real estate agent to partner with or to work with or whatever. And Sally Johnson said you because you helped them blah, blah, blah. And you were so good to work with. And I felt, man, that's awesome. That's a lot like my business. He, he doesn't know how well you know Sally. So now you've just hijacked the relationship and they don't tell you to F off. But now you've got a way to you know, hopefully book a call to then go do whatever the next step is. Right? So that's a simple version. That's a leveraged version. Right? But all too often, we come up with all these things. We're going to do this, 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 this. And if we just pull it back and like, okay, what are we really trying to accomplish here? Right? This is why in our business, we took out the application. I'm not saying you do this. I'm just explaining to you. We took out the application, the online app, and we did the online app for one year. And there's a lot of back and forth. A lot of back, and you might feel like, well, Ryan, that sounds like the simplest. Well, that's what I thought. And then we got into it, and we realized, man, there's so much back and forth, so many tech issues, the clients. Like, we needed someone to manage those ongoing conversations. Instead, we just ask for all your documents, combine that with the discovery call notes, and we just make the app. But it's only pre-approval. We're not filling in a fully validated application. We're getting the information we need. For pre-approvals, for us, we need first name. Obviously, we need credit consent. We need first name, last name. Uh, address, sin, birthday, and we need your income docs. We have that. We can fully underwrite your deal. We can If there's obviously property information we need, like statements and lease agreement and stuff, we ask for that. But once we have all that, we can underwrite I don't need you to fill an application. We don't have a live deal yet. So we do a simplified pre-approval. That's rock solid. Right? Another way of underwriting You might have complicated deals, and I'm only going to talk about the A-space, but you might have complicated deals on your plate. And you're trying to find the perfect lender for them, but it's still pre-approval stage. You're just trying to give them the confidence to go out and buy something. You're trying to let them understand their numbers inside and out and the moving parts. But you don't need to find the lender in the pre-approval. And so we underwrite every file, which allows us to underwrite every deal in, in a minute. We underwrite every file as if it's going to Scotiabank because they have the best guidelines in the A space. Rental offsets, exceptions to TDS, there is no GDS. pro. Like They've got all these programs that work really well. So we underwrite the file as if it's going there, give them their pre-approval. That might not be where we're going. Once we get a live file, then we'll decide where it's going. But I'm not going to go find that perfect product for you right now in the pre-approval stage, because I don't know if... We're going to be working together. I don't know if you're buying something. I don't know if there's money to be made. So I'll underwrite in one minute knowing Scotiabank would do this deal. That's our fallback. It might be our best option, but it might be our fallback. And then I'll find a different option. But that allows us to give you a pre-approval. You've been pre-approved. Which lender? We don't have a lender right now. I've just looked at it. I've taken in all your information. I've looked under the hood. 1,000% we can get this done at a couple of our lenders, but definitely one, Scotiabank for sure. Uh, But once you buy something, then we'll go out and we'll see where the best fit is. But right now, I just wanted to give you a thumbs up. You can go start shopping and putting offers in. Right? So just a couple things to think about. These are how my brain works, which is how can we simplify this? Uh, And much like our mortgage business, we looked at it and We used to do the referral cards. We used to do the gifts. We used to do um, birthday cards. We used, Man, we used to do so many of those things. And it started to be a project on top of a project on top of a project. And then it took us away, took me away, from actually doing the stuff that moved the needle. Me filling out Christmas cards, which feels warm and fuzzy and is great for those of you that do it. For me, it took me away from being a CEO ceos make 1500 an hour plus we don't write the christmas cards and so if you have another place to send that then great but if not you got to rethink that is it moving the needle or is me getting out and working on business development or making calls going to move the needle more than sending out christmas cards i just picked that as an example right so we simplified it we just took stripped away stuff from our process from our journey um I have to drive now because I didn't realize what time it was, so I'm going to drive for these last couple points. But we used to give out referral gift cards, right? We would give, uh, I believe, a ten or twenty dollar card, maybe twenty. It was hot, twenty dollar card, if you just referred to anyone to us. Didn't matter if they even we even talked to them. You just referred, just like, hey, thanks for the gesture. And we looked at our account. We used to give them through Gusto. And, like, over 75% of the cards never got used. <laughs> this was, like, a year and a half of data. I was like, okay. So we're stripping that out. And no one no one got mad at us. We used to do closing gifts. Man, that was stressful, trying to think of gifts to give people that seemed personal without seeming like we are trying to sell them a bunch of shit. And, like, I'm not going to give you uh, a cutting board with my logo on it. I just don't like that self-promotion. That's not me. So, what could we give you that had an impact? And to be honest, you're moving, selling, moving, moving trucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, so I surveyed 500 of our clients. and just said, hey, closing gifts. What are your thoughts on this? This is we don't know if we should allocate our funds internally to like staff, hiring better staff and training better, or do we appreciate that? And overwhelmingly, over 80 percent of them said, yeah use your money in other spots, right? And these are people that I've given gifts to. So we shut that down, right? We went with a simpler approach. So our business is so simple, right? No referral cards, no gift cards. And I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm just telling you how my brain works on why we simplify things. If you want to layer on all the other stuff and you have a client care coordinator that wants to do it, fill your boots. As long as that's the best use of their time right? That's the other conversation. So for me, it just wasn't my best use of my time to get all these little things doing, because in all reality, it was keeping me away from doing the things that actually matter. I was tricking myself, because I'd have these task lists of things to do. Much like we don't follow up with people when they get introduced to us. And we don't follow up with people for the documents, unless it's a live file. Because All of a sudden, especially you have this programmed in your CRMs, you have all this stuff coming in your CRM. Hey, I got to do this, I got to reach out, I got to reach out. And for me, it started to wear on me. I'd wake up Monday morning with 12 follow ups I need to do. That's not a way I want to start my day. And then I always felt like I was coming from a position of I need stuff from you, I need stuff from you. Instead of, you need me more than I need you. That's how I truly feel, but it didn't feel that way because I kept hounding you and coming after you for docs. So we stripped that out of our pre-approval process. We don't follow up you to book a call, and we don't follow up on documents. If you want the pre-approval, which I need to do a really good job of dangling that carrot on the discovery call, of what you get, that proposal with a video. But if you don't, if I didn't do that good of a job and I didn't explain my value adds and my mortgage offer and why we should partner together good enough, you're probably going to be hesitant to send stuff in, or you were never real in the first place, right? So me having to follow up with you, it's it just wears on your psyche, plus if you have staff doing it, it wears on their psyche. Do you think they want to come to work and just keep following up with people about stuff? Right? You you want people to be emailing you, and you have a bunch of emails to get back to. You don't want to be the one having to initiate all these emails going after people. So that seemed very complicated and stressful, so we stripped it out. Right, so there you go. So I want to give you just a sneak peek how it works. I'm going to probably do a series on this on how to simplify things in your mortgage business and it'll be a couple chapters. And um, I truly believe most of us are running too much tech, uh, too many pieces of software, trying to connect, trying to come up with this fully automated mortgage business, which in all reality, we're shitting on the 60-second pre-approval with RBC and Bank or whoever, yet we're trying to replicate some form of that right? Us being human beings and being in the business and touching and feeling people, that is our differentiator. That is why we are still here and we're going to be here. So please try not to go too far down that rabbit hole of this fully automated process with people. Okay. So personalization is why people want to work with us as well as like expertise. And, but like, if we we're just making them feel like a number and we're churning stuff, right? We're no better than the rate, Discount rate sites and the 60-second pre-approval. Okay, so there you go. Um, That's it, kids. Enjoy your day. Five texts a day. Peace out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.